this is episode 742 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Friday, October 16th, 2020. I'm your host, Mark Krishnez, and today I'll be talking about my first impressions with the Oculus Quest 2, some Cloudpunk, Groot, Synth Riders, Space Pirate Trainer, and Super Hot VR. But before I get on to all that I've been I want to talk about Analog, you know, the makers of the Mega SG, the Super NT, and the upcoming Analog Pocket. Well, they just made some news today. And by made news, I mean they announced some news. In a few tweets, they announced the Analog Duo, which is an all-in-one NEC system for stuff like the TurboGrafx-16. And they also announced a TurboGrafx-16 adapter for the Pocket. And that's all well and good and cool, and they make great products, but... I'm in the camp that maybe, just maybe, they should stop announcing shit and start making slash shipping shit instead. They still haven't released the NT Mini Noir, I don't believe. I, I was talking to a friend who pre-ordered that, and I don't think that has come out yet, which surprised me. I thought that was going to be a very quick turnaround. And then the Pocket doesn't come out till what, April of 2021? So... They've got a lot of work to do in terms of making the products they've already put out there and put up pre-orders for and had people pay for. And now they are announcing this new thing that we don't know when pre-orders will go live. Maybe it won't happen till next year. But I mean, I'm pretty sure it probably won't be till next year. It would be crazy to put pre-orders out before either of those other consoles releases, at least the NT Mini Noir. But yeah, that is some more analog news. And the thing about analog is that people like to shit on stuff like the Polymega because the Polymega has been delayed year after year, but is supposedly shipping very, very soon. So that might finally make it into the hands of people who have pre-ordered it. But analog gets a pass for their shitty messaging and the way they handle everything because they at least have a track record of making good product. The stuff they've put out there has all been fantastic. But what happens in between the announcement of their stuff and it getting into your hands, as well as the cost of shipping and shit like that, all of that sucks ass. Analog might make great stuff, but they're not the best company out there. And the way they handle the analog pocket pre-orders, there was no reason to limit it to two per person. Limit it to one. Nobody needs two pockets. Nobody needs two pockets. Anywho... Let's just get on to my impressions of the Quest 2 and what I've been playing. So, my initial impressions of the Quest 2 are, it's fucking amazing. It is so much better to not be tethered by wires with VR. And having only ever experienced PlayStation VR prior to the Quest 2, the hand tracking is just night and day. It is so nice being able to move my hands and for them to be able to move where I'm trying to move them and for it to be accurate and for me to just be able to do what I want to do and not feel like the controllers are working against me, which is exactly what the move controllers feel like with PSVR. PSVR is great for controller games like Astrobot or Wipeout or stuff like that where you use a DualShock 4. But if it's a game where you're required to use the move controllers, it sucks. The tracking sucks. The camera will lose sight of the controllers so often you'll have to re-jigger everything. Like, it's a fucking pain in the ass. And having only spent, whatever, three hours or so with various games and whatnot, 
I really, really love the Quest. So as far as the hardware goes, I think the included strap, which a lot of people have complained about and talked about it being cheap and all that, and it is cheap. It's not like it's some fancy strap or anything, but I found it to be way more comfortable than I was expecting. And it could just be that the shape of my head works well with the included strap, but it wasn't rubbing up against my ears. I felt like it was on there tight and supportive, and I didn't have a problem with it. And then I also got the Elite strap, though, because I heard that that was pretty much an essential purchase. And I do like that more, but it is weird when you initially put it on because until you tighten it to your head, it doesn't feel right. It feels like it's just going to fall off your head. It doesn't feel like it will contort to your head but it does as soon as you tighten it. So the Elite Strap is pretty nice, but I would say you don't need to go out and get that until you try out the included strap and see if it works for you because I didn't have a big problem with it. I do think the Elite Strap is better and it does add a bit of weight there so it helps balance everything out, but I don't think it's an essential purchase. And then I also got, but I will be returning, the VR cover facial interface and foam replacement set because I heard that was also essential. But what no one has said in reviews that have mentioned it or on the Oculus Store page or anything is that it is not compatible with the eyeglasses spacer. So if you wear eyeglasses like me, it's not going to work for you. And what makes it even worse is that I can still fit my glasses in the included facial interface without the spacer, but the spacer definitely does help. However, with the premium stuff, which is nicer material that is supposed to be more comfortable and more hygienic and stuff like that, and that's all true, it is more comfortable. However, it just doesn't work with glasses. And maybe if you have really, really tiny glasses, it'll be okay, but I have pretty thick glasses, and I don't mean thick in terms of my prescription, but just thick frames. It just envelops my glasses. It wants to eat them. And whenever I take the headset off with those on, it would take off the glasses with it. And it's just a pain in the ass. And it just doesn't work. It doesn't fit. And it was disappointing. So beware that if you are looking at accessories for the Quest 2, if you have also gotten a Quest 2, that the VR cover facial interface and foam replacement scent, which is like 30 bucks. It does not work well with people who have glasses. The nice thing, though, is that it arrived a day later than it was supposed to. So I got a $20 store credit as well. So go me. Yay. But yeah, the headset itself is really light and I don't feel any kind of strain during extended plays. I, I don't see a need to ever get an extended battery. And I wasn't going to get the extended battery strap because it forces you to buy the carrying case as well for an additional $50, which puts the total price at 120 i think so it would have only been 70 dollars for the one with the battery included i'm assuming at some point they will release that separately but i don't see why anyone would really need that extra battery life because at least in my opinion for me playing vr for extended periods of time just doesn't sound like something i'd ever want to do but uh the headset itself is nice i do think i would have benefited from the quest one's slider for your vision and in terms of making it as clear as possible because for me i found that the number one setting there are three settings the number one is pretty good but it's just like ever so slightly off it's, it's not a problem or anything but it's just like ah uh, this could just be 
a smidgen crisper. And yeah, not a huge problem, but that is something to be aware of with the headset as well as that you only have these three things and maybe none of them will work for you, but I think they've did their test or whatever and like the majority, the vast majority of people will be fine with one of the three settings. But the picture is nice and clear and I've really enjoyed using the headset and I'll talk about the games I've played in a little bit, but I want to talk about some of the other games first that I've played that aren't VR. Starting off with Cloudpunk and Cloudpunk is a game that I was very excited about. It always had this really cool look for it. It's basically like Fifth Element where you are Bruce Willis without the military pass. So you're just an actual taxi driver and you're going around picking up packages and delivering them and stuff like that. And it's got this really nice pixel voxel aesthetic and it looks really, really good. However, it seems to be broken on Xbox One at least. It came out on PC a while ago, I think, but it just recently came out on Xbox One yesterday. And the problem is I played it for a half hour or so. And then for whatever reason, it just lost its mind and started redoing everything. My missions and everything I completed, they didn't start over or anything, but the dialogue and all the story stuff that was going on reset. And I was getting the same story bits and I would just park somewhere and wait for them to just go one after another because instead of it progressing as I did missions, it just kept coming at me transmission after transmission after transmission. It was a fucking nightmare. And the problem too was that I got to this one mission where I had to collect something so that I could deliver it and I couldn't collect anything. There was nothing there to collect and I just waited there for the reset of the story stuff to go through. And then eventually I saw something there and the blip on the map changed colors. So I went to pick this thing up and then it said, carry this thing to your vehicle. And I went to go do that, but it also still had the mission to pick up the item in that space as well. So I was like, "Uh, maybe when I go to the vehicle, it'll cancel out that one objective. And I went to the vehicle and nothing happened. It didn't give me a destination to take this thing. And it still said, go pick up the thing that's over there. That's like 50 feet away. Go do that. And as far as I can tell, in terms of that mission, I can't progress there. So I don't know if I did more missions, it would fix it. Or if I just have to start over from the very beginning. That wouldn't be a huge problem because I'm still pretty early on. But the fact that that happened to me is frustrating. It does make me concerned about restarting And the game itself, I could see losing steam pretty quickly if it's just carrying packages like a taxi driver. And you do get out of your vehicle, which I alluded to earlier. And those sections are fine. And then there are two camera perspectives. There's a fixed one that's more pulled back in a 3D space. And then one that is like a third-person camera, essentially, with camera control i believe you have camera control and that feels like some experimental thing that was not implemented fully it just it does not feel good to use that camera don't use that one just trust me and avoid that one but as it stands right now cloudpunk might be a little bit broken on xbox one at the very least i'll give it some more time but my initial impression is that one it could get old real fast if they don't spice things up and then two is broken right now. It is at least broken for me. And then Groot is a horizontal scrolling shmup 
with a heavy metal soundtrack, and it's it's all right. It came out on PC a year ago or so, and is now on Xbox One and maybe other platforms. But I'm playing on Xbox One, and it's a uh, it's okay. But it, it's pretty challenging. It comes at you really quickly right off the bat, and yeah, it's 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 a solid schmuck. It's fine. There's nothing special about like the music is there and intense, but it's not really integrated with the action or anything like that. The enemies are fine. Like it has this cell shaded aesthetic, which is nice, but it's just a typical shmup. It's good enough or it doesn't feel cheap in terms of its challenge and difficulty so that when I die, I don't feel frustrated and want to turn off the game. I actually want to keep playing and best my previous run so that that is good that is always important in a game like this so moving on to the vr games i played first and foremost synth riders is fucking amazing i love that game so much it is a rhythm based game and i can't compare it to beat saber or other games because i haven't played any of those but synth riders is just so much fun there are different ways to play so there's like a, a rhythm mode where you just have to put your hands in the position of the notes that are coming at you because the way it works is that notes will be coming at you in either notes or note strings and in the rhythm mode you're just holding your positioning there but then there's also the force mode where you have to hit the notes with as much force as you can so it's more like boxing or or, or whatnot and i love that mode so much it adds an extra level of intensity to the experience and i just had an absolute blast with it i was starting to sweat during my last play session and i even got to number two on one of the leaderboards and i just i have a blast with the game it is so much fun the music is overall really good there's one track that i did play that i was like yeah i don't really like this one but uh it's a really really fun game and i can't recommend it highly enough i think if you are a quest owner whether it be old or new and you haven't checked out synth riders because everyone talks about beat saber beat saber beat saber beat saber or autica the one that's made by harmonics synth riders is not a game to be ignored it is my new favorite vr experience and then space pirate trainer is an arcade game where you are taking on waves of enemies it's sort of like space invaders but in a 3d space and these little robot balls will come up from below and then you have to shoot them and when they're all dead the wave will end you'll see your score and then more robots will come and it just continues this thing wave after wave after wave until you've died and you avoid bullets from them you can also shoot the bullets from them you have six different types of guns that you can use well i mean you have your your guns in your hands but you can change the fire rate so they have like a single shot that gives you laser precision you have a regular machine gun a shotgun a grenade launcher a laser and then like a charge shot and it's a lot of fun it's simple but it's good fun and yeah it's definitely worth checking out if you want a more arcadey experience like that then super hot vr is super hot in vr and i played this back on psvr but the tracking was such a pain in the ass that i didn't play much of it and so i don't have really much to say about super hot vr other than it's fucking awesome super hot vr is great super hot in general is just a great game and a great concept and it works well in vr feels great with the quest 2 and the tracking and all that having it work actually for the first time for me at least it just feels really good. And then I did play a bit of Vacation Simulator, which is really just a sandbox with some 
charming writing and humor, not laugh out loud funny or anything like that, but it, it's very charming and very colorful. And it's a fun little thing if you just want to relax and get immersed in a space as opposed to being more active with stuff like synth writers, which I definitely prefer stuff like synth writers. I want to be more active. So yeah, I still have many more games and experiences to play, but that is all for right now. I also did check out some 360 videos on YouTube and I don't know if it's just that 360 videos don't look great, that the quality isn't that good, but... They don't look that great. So that was a bit of a bummer. Maybe there's some setting or something I have to change or it's just that they don't look that good because things look great. Certain games look really, really good and crisp and clear on the Quest 2's screen, but the YouTube videos, uh, they looked really bad. They were not great. It's not something I would regularly check out if that's what the experience is going to be like on a regular basis. But yeah, I'm... Really, really happy with the Quest 2. I'm glad I got it. The Facebook stuff does suck, but I don't really care because I have a Facebook account. It's not going anywhere. I don't use it, so I don't have to really worry about myself getting banned for posting this or that because I don't post anything ever. So I'm okay there. Then the last thing I'll talk about before I end this here episode is that, one, I got rid of my... And by get rid of, I mean I returned my Microsoft Surface laptop because there were a few things that bothered me about it. One, the advertised battery life is 11 hours or so. And in various reviews, a lot of people say, oh, you get maybe like eight, nine hours, maybe seven and a half or whatever. I struggled to get six hours out of it. And I am not a heavy user when it comes to laptops. I am only using them for Word documents, spreadsheets, and stuff like that. So battery life is not something I should be concerned about, uh, given my use case. But for me, the Surface Laptop 3 was just not what I wanted. And then the keyboard, while it did feel pretty good, I wasn't overly fond of the travel between some of the keys, especially, I think, the backspace key. And this may sound like the stupidest thing, I hated the fact that there wasn't a control key on the right side of the keyboard. You have one on the left side of the space bar, but you don't have the one on the right side as well. And that really bothered me because I use that control button, that control key, a lot. So not having it there was something I would have to get used to. But yeah, the, the fact that the battery life was so shitty and that the keyboard for me wasn't as great as so many people have claimed it to be, I decided to return it. And also the very reflective nature of the screen is noticeable. It, it's not terrible when you're in specific locations. And for me, where I would be using it mostly, it wasn't a huge problem, but it still was pretty noticeable. And so I returned it and was considering the Surface Laptop Go because that was going to be a smaller model a more affordable model, one with greater battery life. They were claiming it to have 13 hours of battery life. But as we know with the Surface Laptop 3, they claimed 11 hours and it was nowhere near that. So I was definitely going to wait before I purchased it to get reviews in and to read some. And most of the reviews said the battery life was decent, that they got around 9 or 10 hours or whatever. But then there was one review that mentioned it getting, I think, 
seven and a half hours roughly every single time they tested it. And I looked at it and I'm like, yep, it's the same problem. Seven and a half hours is not bad. But when you claim to have 13 hours, that is fucking terrible. That is horrible. And so I stopped for a second and I was like, maybe I just won't get a laptop. And then I went back to looking at Chromebooks, specifically the Pixelbook Go, and I decided to pull the trigger, even though I was not sure if Chrome OS would be for me, and I couldn't be happier. I've only had it for a few days, but I love the keyboard. It feels really good. It definitely will take some getting used to just to be perfectly accurate because I am used to using a mechanical keyboard, and no matter what laptop I get, I would have to get used to that type of keyboard because no laptop has a mechanical keyboard except for maybe some like crazy, ridiculous, over-the-top gamer laptop. But I love the keyboard and more importantly than anything else, god damn is the battery life fantastic. I've used it for probably three hours over the course of the last three days or so that I've had it and... When I got it, it was at 60%, and now it's at 40%. So it definitely has much better battery life than the service laptop that I had. And even better than that, I don't know why I mentioned this, Chrome OS is exactly what I wanted and needed. It is all I need because my use case for a laptop is mail, email, not snail mail, but email, which I use via Gmail, so it's right there. And then Google Docs, Google Sheets, and Google Keep and stuff like this. So I'm very invested in the Google ecosystem. So it was just a no brainer. And I don't know why I thought to myself that I needed a Windows laptop because I love Windows. I have it on my desktop PC, which I love it there. It's, it's great and everything. But the use case for my laptop versus the use case for my PC, my, my desktop PC, are very, very different. So yeah, it's it's super light, it's super nice, it is expensive, but I was able to get a deal, I had some rewards credit too at Best Buy, so I got it for a good price, I got the i5 edition, and yeah, it's super snappy, it feels great to type on, it's super light, battery life is great, it's, it's great, I love it, I love it so much, I'm so happy with the purchase, and this has been a really great week to have things I am happy about in terms of purchasing like the Quest 2 and now this Pixelbook Go. And yeah, just I'm, I'm in a good mood this week. And then last but not least, I also finished editing the episodes for Friday the 13th and Anthem for Attack the Backlog. And yeah, I'm really happy with how those turned out as well. So it's just, it's a great week. I'm excited to start playing some more games for Attack the Backlog. I'm going to be playing Undertow next because I think that is such an interesting title to play and one that so many of us own and probably have never played and maybe don't even know that it had a single player campaign, whatever that ends up actually being. But uh, yeah, I am I'm in a good mood. I was in a bit of a funk, but I'm feeling, I'm feeling good and it's nice to feel good. And, you know, we got new consoles on the way. So I'm ready for the rest of this year to just be fucking awesome. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling optimistic. I'm a pessimistic piece of shit, but I feel optimistic right now. Let's get it done. Anyway, that will do it for this year episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I am Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find 
this podcast on Amazingly Baca and Attack the Backlog, all of which are available on podcast services across the globe. You can also check out the art I make on the site, and if you see something you like, you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. As always, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy this here episode, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day and an absolutely lovely week and bye